the team for October, as we said, between October and December is about G's. And for me, this is important. Uh, just who is Jesus exactly? Christians ought to be able to answer that. And what exactly has he done for us? Because he's the one who follow. And of course, the scriptures in John 17, 3, now this is eternal life. To know Christ. Okay, so it's not a joke for Christians to want to know Christ. John 3, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the water, so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And it comes before that scripture we always quote, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. But our goal as Christians is to do what? Lift Jesus up. Not ourselves, but Christ. Amen. So that people will see, and when they believe, they will come to salvation. So last week, we look at the humanity of Christ. And of course, we realize Christ was fully human in every way, just as each of us. He was fully human. And therefore, Hebrews 4 says, uh, He's able to feel sympathy for our weakness. He's been tempted in every way, just as we have. Yet, He did not sin. So when we sin, as human beings, and we say, Oh, but I'm only human. I'm not Jesus. I'm only human. You need to think about it. Because Jesus was human and never sinned. So truly, we have failed in our humanity. We have been corrupted by sin. And we need to become fully human. And how do we do that? We become like Jesus. And that's why he said, I'm the way. I am life. That is the life to humanity. The true humanity is in Christ. And when you you receive that Holy Spirit, you are being sanctified to become like Jesus. Amen. Amen. And that is why we make him our Lord. Okay. So today, why do you, whom do you say I am? Who do you say I am? We are going to look at the divinity of Christ. Of course, Matthew tells us um, when he has that question, Peter said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah. Who do you say I am? Simon answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Amen. When Thomas came doubting, when the guy said, oh, Jesus came, he said, no, I'll never believe on this. If I don't see him, I'll not believe. So Jesus said, touch me. Here I am. Do you see me? Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Amen. Amen. Wow. So today, I want us to look at the divinity of Christ. Okay? And uh, to me, this study is important. I did it for myself. Most of the things I preach, but they will come from my quiet time. And funny enough, the month I studied the divinity of Christ for months. And when I finish my study, I get a phone call from London. And the phone call said, oh, I met a guy who is studying, doing his master's at the University of Leicester. He's Muslim. His wife is Muslim, but they are thinking about Christ. So they put me in touch. You've met them. They came here. Remember? 
I've just finished my study on the divinity of Christ. And the Muslim couple are thinking of Christ. And we think, how timely was that? To be able to share Christ with people who thought Muhammad was the way. Okay, now Muhammad was sinful as you and I. He couldn't die and save our sins. But the divinity of Christ is so important for us as Christians to be able to think about. I hope I haven't done anything wrong. Okay. So when we talk about divinity of Christ, there are various things we need to consider. One area is Jesus, through the scriptures, is called God. And we need to wrestle with that. Okay, Christians ought to be able to have deep conviction on that. Jesus was a man with a fully human nature, as we looked at, but he was more. He was also God with a fully divine nature. And today I just want us to look at the scriptures and challenge ourselves in our thinking. So let's look at the first one. John 1.1. 1, 1. You know the scriptures. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay, so... Each of the clauses talks about the eternity of the Logos, the word, the eternal coordination between the word and God, and equality with God. And then it goes on to say, the word became flesh. And of course, He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. That's the first one. We go on to John twenty twenty eight, which I just quoted. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Now Jesus didn't rebuke him to say, that's blasphemy. My Lord and my God. In fact, the conclusion, we know what Jesus said to him when he said that. 1 1 John 5. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true by being in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. The true God. Romans 9. Paul was talking about the heritage of the Jews. And he said, theirs are the patriarchs. And from them, he straight the human ancestry of the Messiah, which we talk about humanity. Who is who? God overall, forever praise. The Messiah. Who had a human ancestry? Talking about Christ, is God overall. And the scriptures keep going. While we wait, Titus said, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, the divinity of Christ, the scriptures, many scriptures call Jesus God. The works of Jesus were all divine works. (laughs) The works of creation 
Colossians 1.16 For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers, all things have been created through him and for him. Amen. Amen. Who created the universe? According to this verse. It's divine work. John 1.3 Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Hebrews 1, 2. But in this last day he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed her of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Wow. Do you believe those scriptures? But those are divine works, only done by God. The works of providence. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Hebrews 1.3 The Son is the recent of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. Wow. The universe is sustained by Christ. Can you imagine that? We are talking about the divinity of Christ. And no man can stand that. The works of salvation. There are many scriptures by today fit there, so are you just one? When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And what did they say to him? I've quoted verse 5. They said, Who are you to forgive sin? Only, only God can forgive sins. He said, But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Nobody can forgive Lawrence's sins Apart from Christ, amen. amen. There's no other name in heaven or on earth by which a man can be saved except the name Jesus Christ. So the works of salvation, divine work, is only done by Christ. Worship. Revelation. This is interesting. When I finish here, I'll give you an assignment. Come on now. And the assignment will be when you go out during the week, you see a group of people, they normally have a stand, there may be two of them, and they are holding a leaflet. Go to them and ask them this question after this one Was Jesus created or was Jesus is Jesus the creator? So <laughs> yes, Jesus is worshipped. Revelation five. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, "Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Who is the Lamb who was slain? Jesus, to receive power and wealth and wisdom." Verse 13, then I had every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to whom who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Who sits on the throne? Jesus. God. And to the Lamb. Be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The NASB said, and every created thing which is in heaven and on earth. So, why is it important? Every created thing will worship Jesus. 
Now, we do know when Jesus was tempted by Satan, Satan said to him, All this I'll give to you if you bow down and worship me. And what did Jesus say? Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So who should be worshipped? Only God. In Romans 1, when Paul writes rebuking, he said, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And what did they do? They worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. And yet, when we come back to this scripture, we are told every created thing should worship Christ. Amen. So the question is, is Jesus created or is he the creator? You see, every created thing worshipped him. The one true God. The divinity of Christ. I'll probably show one more and then we'll draw the implication. Jesus is equal with God in many scriptures. In Matthew 19, we know the scriptures. It said, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that it doesn't say you should um, in the names. It didn't say in the names of the Father. It didn't say in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit, but in one name. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It was one. John 5.23 That all may honor the Son just as just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Now, these scriptures are not saying Jesus is God, but it's forcefully putting God and Jesus on equal footing. Galatians 1.1 Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Christ and God the Father. Again, he distinguished men from Christ. Saying, for his apostleship, I was called an apostle, not by men. Philippians 2.6, who being in very nature or in the form of God. He's talking about Christ. Colossians 2.9, I love that one. For in Christ, what? All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. You cannot escape that. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. These scriptures are good for us to think who Jesus is. His divinity. His divinity. There are, as I said, there will be more that I could have put on, but I will not. I'll give you one more. Let's look at some. Book of Revelation has interesting things. When it talks about the wrath at the judgment, it talks about the truth. The Lamb and God. It says, um, 
They will call to the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. That's God. And from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. The great day of the wrath of God and the Lamb has come. And who can withstand it? So, God and Jesus are coordinated on the day of wrath. It talks about their names on the forehead. Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb. And with him, 144,000 who had his name, the name of the Lamb and his Father on their, written on their foreheads. The throne is shared by them. Together, they are the temple and the light. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are his temple. The temple is Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And it goes on. Eternity is ascribed to each of them. In Revelation 1.8, he said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Say the Lord God. Then in Revelation 22, Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. Okay. <coughs> then, when we go to the Old Testament, there are so many scriptures ascribed to Yahweh. Identifying God as Yahweh, which are, are quoted in the New Testament. In the New Testament, they refer to Jesus. Amen. Including the one who used the most, Romans, where he said, anyone who confesses Jesus as Lord. The Old Testament scripture on that is in uh, Joel 2. That Lord in Joel wasn't talking about Jesus. But when Paul quotes in Romans 9, is referring to Jesus. The titles of Christ, Lord, Son of Man, Son of God. Go and look at the Old Testament. It was deity, God. And in the New Testament, it's referring to Jesus. What conclusion should we draw? The conclusion we draw is the question he asked. When he asked them, when he came to Caesarea, he asked, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Still others. Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood but my Father in heaven. I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I'll build my church. And the gaze of his will not overcome it. Amen? Amen. Guys, we need to be able to say, Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. That's how Christ built his church. On that conviction. On that conviction. John 20 said about Peter, then said, he said to Peter, Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Jesus didn't rebuke him, rather he said. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Amen. Amen. You have not seen Jesus. Do you believe he is the son is he your Lord and your God? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. When John finishes 
he's writing in the book of John. He said, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. That is the conclusion John comes to after, in fact, if you read the whole, John is all about the divinity of Christ. It's all about lifting Christ up. John first wrote the book of Revelation, and again, look at the book of that apocalyptic scripture. It's all about Jesus and the battle on our behalf. Amen. People didn't get it, so he wrote the Gospel of John. And again, it's all about Christ. Spiritual and human dimension. And then the letters of John, 1, 2, 3, John, when he writes to those community, the church is actually falling into apostasy. And where do we find those communities now? Iraq, Turkey, all those places. Obviously, they didn't heed the Lordship of Christ. But not so with us. Amen. Amen. I do pray we will stand and believe in the humanity and the divinity of Christ. Amen. So that we may believe and may have eternal life. If you are visiting, let me encourage you. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. You need to know the scriptures about Jesus. You need to make solid decisions. You need to study the Bible, hopefully repent as Lawrence shared, and be baptized for your sins. Receive the Holy Spirit of Christ. Amen. Amen. And become truly human as God wants us to be. And that life is a joy but also a challenge. Amen. Amen. Because Satan's one goal in his entire creation is to make you lose your salvation. You just have one goal. I mean, give him one single purpose. To stop somebody from entering heaven. That's what he'll do. And you, if you're a guy, whatever your interest is, he'll bring those interests to distract you from what is important. If we're a Christian, the scripture says this is eternal life, to know Christ. We become Christians and then we grow in our knowledge of God. Amen. Go and make disciples, baptize them, and then do what? Teach them to obey. Our whole life is a life of wanting to know Christ. And therefore, we get into the Word. Because for lack of knowledge, we perish. And it, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. Satan can give you false doctrine at any time. Do you know Satan is a teacher, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. Satan is a great teacher. Look at the scriptures. He teaches. I mean, look at the temptation of Jesus. Wow. He was quoting the scriptures. He knew what he was saying. And Jesus said, no, Satan, I get you, but actually we should worship God alone. If he didn't know those scriptures, it would have been catastrophe. Which was a catastrophe in the garden, by the way, because Satan again twisted God's words. But Adam was too aloof to step in. And so, no, that's not the instruction I was giving. That's a whole topic we can teach about the silence of Adam. 
But um, as Christians, we need to go into the Word. We need to understand the humanity of Christ. Because he's human and sympathize, every challenge we face, he understands. Every challenge we face, Christ understands. Are you depressed? Christ was depressed. Christ was depressed. Okay. My, he was filled with sorrow to the point of death. He was deeply depressed. Are you grieved? They beheaded his cousin. John the Baptist's head was chopped off. Wow. Are you homeless? The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Are you hungry? Of course he was hungry. Are you single? Totally single man. <laughs> Married brothers, think about that. Are you in physical pain? His body was broken. Jesus understands us fully. Okay, so he's a friend. He sympathizes and he, he fights on our behalf. Amen? And he intercedes for us. So, between now and December, as I said, we'll talk about Jesus. These are the heavy ones, okay? It's going to be light from here on. Okay. But I just wanted you to have the scriptures. I don't want to ad lib. The divinity and humanity of Christ is too important for us to make two-point sermon and go home. Actually, I want you to take those scriptures and study for yourself. Yes. Thank you. Because it will build you up. And as I said, these things are emailed whenever you need them. So let's finish with a prayer. God, thank you so much that um, even though you are the creator of all things, visible and invisible creation, you spoke it into existence. You sustained them by your word. Yet you came down, conceived in a woman's womb, was born as a baby, as a youth. You faced all the pain we faced in life. You became a man. You worked as a carpenter. You were abused. You were crucified. You were tempted in every way and yet was had no sin. And yet your glory was revealed when you rose from the dead so that we may have life. You conquered death. You conquered Satan's plan. We look at the scriptures to build our conviction, to know that our walk we are not alone. You said you'll be with us always to the very end of the age. And you want all men to come to you when you are lifted up. I pray as disciples we shall lift you up so that people may see and turn to you. Help us never to give up on the mission we have. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Satan is furious. His time is short. And we need to proclaim your message of love, of peace, of grace so that we may be with you as you promised. We thank you. Please bless this church. I pray for every single soul that will strive to know you so that we may have eternal life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.